Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth for all types of weather, all types of terrain, all kinds of budgets. It's clothing that just works. Check them out at huntworthgear.com. And right now they've got their holiday sale going on. They've got some deeply discounted stuff and some of my favorite products that I've used. I use these uh, every year. The Holton, like we've done giveaways for the Holton. Um, it's their like midweight bow hunter series. Um, super cheap, super, super cheap, $85 for the jacket, $95 for the pants. And you can use their code HLDY25 to get another 25% off of that. Um, so it's like less than 150 bucks for the whole setup. And the catch can heavyweight, uh, is the exact same price. Um, that is, um, like Sherpa lined, really nice stuff. Um, that's actually the first pieces of gear that I got from, uh, Huntworth from doing the photo shoot with them before we were even uh, sponsored by them or working with them at all. And that is probably one of my favorite pieces of gear that I have, especially uh, for this type of weather, like for this part, this late season, great stuff. And that's an incredible price. And then the hat and the neck warmer, they're on here for like $9 and 90 cents and you can get them for 25% off. Um, and that goes not very long. I think it goes for like the next, um, couple days. So you might want to get over there and check that out. Um, it's only, I think it goes to like the 15th. So, uh, check that out. But those are definitely, definitely worth it. And to get 25% off, um, you know, some of our favorite stuff. Um, also, over at Latitude, they've got their sale going on. They've got their carbon sticks. And they've got the 10-millimeter ropes. Um, those 10-millimeter ropes um, ball up to almost nothing. Their vapor lines are super, super nice, but uh, kind of expensive, 
Um, and I know people getting into saddle hunting and especially people who are shopping for the saddle hunter. I mean, if you go back to, you know, my mom ordering ropes for me from tethered, uh, you know, as a, as an adult, um, she couldn't believe that that's all she got for the money that she spent. Um, so really great product, those 10 millimeter ropes. So check those out. Um, and then I actually went on there. So they've got some stuff where their code uh, on their Instagram says holiday. I put it in, um, couldn't get it to work. I knew that they turned ours off for, uh, the holiday season. Cause they were using that holiday and black Friday, uh, code. And I couldn't get any of the codes to work except for, and they're going to hate me for this, the in session podcast, uh, which is the latitude podcast code. Um, like I said, they're probably going to hate me. This isn't going to help us at all. Uh, but it's going to help you the listener. Um, because the, the carbon sticks are, freaking awesome and that in session uh podcast in session the code from their podcast uh brings those sticks down to 192 bucks for the three pack um which is almost 50 dollars off so it's a great deal um definitely go over and check those out it's free shipping uh on anything over 99 dollars uh they got apparel in and you got to order by the 15th to get their stuff uh, before Christmas. So, um, just a couple of housekeeping things there. Um, this podcast is all about filling the freezer, um, kind of forgetting about what social media says, going out there hunting for yourself and a few tips and tricks, stuff like that. Uh, our good buddy Lane, he was on here, uh, doing some turkey hunting. Uh, he's a guy that was helping me out, uh, you know, via text and Instagram, uh, when I was out in Kansas, uh, great dude, fun guy. If you ever get to meet him in person, um, just, just a guy who's really passionate about hunting and, and killing stuff. And I think that's something that we kind of get away from. Um, you know, we think we got to kill something bigger. We got to kill something, um, better. We got to kill something that's up to somebody else's standards. And, uh, Lane kind of just does what he wants, but dude is a killer. Um, so I know you guys are going to love this podcast. Got to give a shout out to the rest of our uh, sponsors. Uh, Big Shot Targets, if you're not, if you haven't noticed, uh, they bought Delta McKenzie Targets. We talked about that on the last intro. Um, 10% off over there using code BCP. Uh, Great people, great products. And now they've got a whole other line of of targets and uh, a bigger offering. So, so happy for them. And, Zinger Fletchings. So Zinger Fletchings has got their patent. So congratulations to those guys over there. Great guys. 3D printed Fletchings. So easy. Uh, Been really good to us over the years. But now they actually had their patent go through and uh, couldn't be more happy for them. Uh, And they've also got Kanadi Arrows. Our friends at Lucky Buck. You know, the... What we've seen on our property in the UP from using Lucky Buck where we can use it um, has been night and day just with the amount of deer that we're having on the property, the amount of bucks we're seeing, um, and we're getting better caliber deer. Um, Just really excited. And all these companies give back. They give to our Patreons, um, quarterly giveaways. Um, Couldn't be happier. Genesis 3D Printing uh, in uh, Austin actually made a code just for the patreons so yeah, like i say if you're a patreon and you want to get some stuff from austin uh, let me know i will get you that code we're not going to put it out there for everybody but what we're doing in that community austin really believes in um, and he's giving back 
um, that way. And so if you're looking at putting in an order for Genesis 3D and it's going to be, uh, you know, 20% off is more than $5, you might consider going to patreon.com and looking up the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast, supporting us that way. And uh, you'll be further ahead and you'll be helping us out. Uh, but anyways, this podcast is fun. Um, really enjoyed having Lane on. I know you guys are going to love this podcast. Uh, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, Adam back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Uh, talking to my buddy Lane Hausner here, and uh, you might remember Lane. He had that ridiculous uh, turkey trip where he did three states in like five days or four days or something, just something ridiculous last year. And uh, it, it turns out that he's just exactly the same with uh, with whitetails. And uh, we're gonna get into. Uh, some of that, some of his motivations and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he's been just killing, like literally killing everywhere he goes. So, uh, how you doing tonight, Lane? I'm pretty good, bud. How you doing? Not too bad. Um, so I want to get into like this podcast in particular for yeah. like, like the kind of like the killer mindset. Like we, we talk to a lot of guys who, you know, they, they are, this is how you target big bucks. This is how you target, um, you know, bedded bucks. This is this time of year, that time of year. Um, but yourself, it seems like wherever you go, you just go and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And then you just end up killing something. And I want to know, like, so you film for, um, and they're part of like in the presence hunt, right? That's the mm -hmm. YouTube channel. So yep. what is that group of guys and like, what are you guys all about? Well, we only got like three, it's me, uh, and like two buddies now. We kind of cut it down a little bit, which it's kind of made it easier for me. Cause like last year, man, all I spent my whole fall was pretty much in front of the computer editing. So like this fall, I've been able to hunt a lot more, but just, I mean, having fun, man, in the outdoors and just sharing our experiences in the outdoors, you know, just having fun with it pretty much. That's what, what it's all about. It's killing stuff. <laughs> but yeah. And that, and that's what uh, I, cause I wanted to know, like, what's the like rules of engagement, if there are any for, uh, in the present side. Cause if you guys follow along, like if you're not already following along with lane after this, you go back and you look at like, it, it's everything is like edited just about in real time. And it's like, like, Oh, I killed over here. Oh, I killed this. Oh, I hunted. I'm going to go try this today. And like, Oh, killed one over here. Like ridiculous. So like, I feel like even for us, like there's a balance and I, I try really hard to like, not make it like about the content. Like I, mm -hmm. I love like hunting. I love shooting my bow. And like, once that becomes a chore, like, I don't want to do, I don't want to make it problematic like you were saying like spending the whole season in front of the computer and like yeah. every waking moment and stuff like that but then there's some guys where we're like well we only kill pope and young bucks or like you know and they're it's it's hard and i think my problem with filming is like i don't go out there with the confidence every time of like i'm gonna kill something this sit right so mm -hmm. doing all of the like interviews and setting up the camera arm and all that crap gets really old when you're <laughs> like 
not seeing anything or not shooting anything or like, you know, you're struggling to find deer. So you're not having that problem. So yeah, what, like, what's the, what's the, I don't want to say like, what's the point, but is it just like, we're going to kill everything that walks by us on film or like when you go out there? Cause some, sometimes it seems like that. Yeah. I mean, it, sometimes it does, but what you guys don't see is a lot of times where, you know, I just pass up a lot of deer too, you know, like early season, man, I've had so many chances on bucks and just does. I passed up a ton, you know, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm an opportunist, man. So like if something walks in front of me and I want to shoot it, heck I'll shoot it, man. I don't really care. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I don't really, I know a lot of people probably are going to hate me for saying this, but like, I don't really try to pay attention to the whole social media thing. And like, Oh, you got to shoot a Pope and young buck, man. If it makes me happy, I'm probably going to release an arrow and try to kill it. So, and yeah, I meant what really helps is seeing deer. Like I've only been skunked probably a handful of times this year. Like every sit I try to go into like, all right, I'm going to kill a deer. You know, this is what I think they're doing. And that's kind of helped me this year, big time on seeing deer and just being successful. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I feel like it's easy, you know, for guys to like listen to this and be like, oh, well it's, uh, you know, if it's always the same spots or he hunts areas that have a lot of deer, blah, blah, blah. So like, this is across multiple states, multiple species, multiple everything. So how many state, like what states have you hunted this year? Uh, starting in South Dakota, I killed an antelope in South Dakota right off the bat. I think that was like end of August. Then I came back, hunted Delaware for a couple of days. I got skunked down there. Then Maryland started, I believe like September 8th or like 9th, so a day around there. And pretty much stayed in Maryland until I killed. And I killed a doe early. Then I missed that big buck. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, he was a slammer. I can't believe I missed him. 25 yards, weak side shot. I'm still like, I lost years off my life just from <laughs> that one. That would have been probably my biggest buck ever, you know, but that one hurt. And then a couple of days later, I killed a small buck down there. And yeah, and then pretty much. PA came in, started hunting PA again, killed a buck, or I killed a doe early, killed a buck, and then pretty much bounced around, hit Maryland again, hit Delaware a bunch of times. I killed I killed in Maryland, I believe, like November 2nd, and then uh, Dane hit me up, and he was like, come out to Indiana with us. So I went out to Indiana, and I was going to stay out there until I killed, but I had some, like, there's some girl problems back here, so I kind of had to make it short and sweet, so. Killed a doe out there and came back here. Uh, I believe I killed a, a that Delaware buck, hunted Delaware hard during a muzzleloader season or gun season. And then just recently here, went back down to Maryland and uh, hunted Seek a deer. And I killed like a little hind down there. So that's kind of where I'm at in my season. And so is this. So I think I've killed four bucks in three states. And then, yeah. <laughs> and so. Is this like public land or these areas that you know really well? Like what's, what's it's the scoop all, on the, the, yeah, it's all, it's all public. I mean, the only thing that I did that was like on private was I believe that antelope hunt. I did kill that doe. I did kill a doe on one of my like little private pieces I got down here, you know, but my buck was on public. Every, every buck I've killed this year has been on public. So, and the, the guided thing in, in for South Dakota, it was fun, you know, but it was, I don't know. It was like weird. You know, I'm so used to just doing everything myself. Like they drove me out to the blind, dropped me off. I had like a 50 yard walk. He's like, this is the goat that's probably going to walk past you. You know, showed me a trail cam picture. I'm like, hmm. 
okay, we'll see. And, you know, and after I shot it, I met, they drove the truck right up to it. I was like, this just feels weird, man. You know, and they cut, they cut it up for me. It's just like, it was a cool hunt. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely didn't like fulfill everything I wanted to in a hunt. You know, like I got way more fulfillment killing that buck in Delaware, even killing that little Sika hind, you know, in, in Maryland public. Like, it's just weird. It's it, like you said before, when we were talking, like it's more fun when you put in more work and it's like more adventure, at least for me, you know? Well, in like, you're one of these guys who is like unapologetically like hates having a unfilled tag. And, and that's what oh, we yeah. kind of talked about a little bit before the podcast. Like, you know, like I was saying, we had hunted Indiana and saw deer and everything. And like when that popped up and it's like, well, yep. Killed this doe in Indiana last day or whatever. I was like, I was like, man. And, and granted it's like a 10 hour drive for you or something like that, but it was like two hours for us. So yeah. like, what, what are you thinking? Because there's a part of it that's like, well, I got to kill something on camera, you know, to make this trip worth it or whatever. But for you, like what goes through your head? Like at that time? Well, like it, we hunted, we stand hunted the first day. I think I passed up a little buck. I passed up four or five does, I believe. And then I shot at a buck and it, it was like, not good. I missed, I missed, it was like 60 yards and I ranged them for like 50, I believe. So I missed like way under him. And then the rest of the time, you know, we spent kind of cruising around scouting and final day, it was like towards the afternoon and Kaylee was like, pretty much you got to get home or else like I'm leaving you. So I was like, God dang, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get home. You know what I mean? And, uh, he was, Mark was like, he was one of the dance or he's like my buddy now, you know, like, uh, he was like, let's go do some drives. And I was like, all right, let's do it, man. So we did a little drive, you know, and <laughs> I think this was like the third doe that ran past. And I was like, yep. Whack. You know? It was fun, man. Like, it's just, it's all situational, you know? Like, yeah, it was an expensive doe. Don't get me wrong. Would I rather shot a buck? Oh, a hundred percent. But hey, man, it beats, it beats going home empty-handed for, for sure. You know, like I would have felt way worse coming home with a tag still in my pocket rather than having, you know, punched it on a doe. So, it, yeah, like I said, man, I'm opportunistic. So, like, something happens and, you know, I can take advantage of it. Probably going to try to take advantage of it, you know? So, so when you say, like, you feel way better coming home with that. Is that like a personal thing or is it like from like outside pressure or like the guys from filming or like whatever, because like that's, you know, there's so many, uh, I feel like hunting is so personal. Right. But I feel like it gets influenced so hard by, like you said, you don't pay attention to social media, but everybody sees it. And I mean, you were, yeah, literally hunting down there with like quote unquote like industry guys i know dane would be like i'm not no industry guy but (laughs) you know uh yeah yeah but like for real you're down there with you know some guys that own a hunting company right and like it's it's so weird so is it like one of those things where you're like man i should have just killed something for yourself or is it like you know yeah, it, it's a hundred percent personal, man. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself to be successful. You know, like a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's not about the kill." Well, like I hate to tell you, to me, like I like killing deer, and it's about the kill, and it's about punching tags. So that's just my own personal goals. Everyone's different, you know. So you know, whatever your goals is, hey, so be it. You know, I'm not judging you, but that's just my personal goals. Yeah, I don't know, like, I, I and I don't know where like I I fall in that, right? Because like, yeah, I'm. 
I've, I've been on, I don't know, a dozen like unsuccessful out of state hunts where yeah. I've passed deer and like there's a there's a few that haunt me that I'm like I should have just shot that deer you know um, yeah but then like last year in Ohio there was that you know I don't know smaller five point or whatever which was a cool buck and it would have been a cool story but it's like not why I went down there to hunt you know and yeah. I, I I it's a really weird like struggle because it's like. I could I could be all high and mighty, right, and be like, "Oh yeah, why well, I, I only went down there to kill this caliber of deer." But it's like <laughs> at the end of the day, like I'm not a good, I'm not a great deer hunter. Like I'm a, I can I can find a deer, but mm-hmm. but it's like I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Like I've tipped that corner yet to be like, "Oh well, I should be passing up deer uh, on a three day out of state trip." You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's all just, yeah, it's all how you feel, man. Like, like you said, dude, like, I mean, I'm not that great of a deer hunter either. I mean, I'm just, I just like killing stuff and I, you know, I'm a killer. So like I can put my, I can find animals, you know, get on them, you know, are they going to be huge 180 deer, 180 inch deer? Probably not, but you know, they'll probably be a decent buck or like, you know, some does or maybe a little buck. Heck it doesn't matter. You know, like it's all just what you want out of hunting and what makes you happy. So, so what I want to know, like, for for you when you when we i think we talked about this like in turkey season right but like for yeah. you like where you're located you can kind of pop off to a couple of these states pretty quickly right mm-hmm. but when you're going going west or you're going to some of these other states these other areas to hunt like what are you what is like a deciding factor for you like whether you want to go you know spend the money uh, to make these trips right yeah uh <laughs> pretty much time and money man you know <laughs> like it really just depends on like as far as miles on my truck i don't i don't really care heck i'll drive all night if i have to you know i'll drive 10 hours 12 hours whatever it may be I, it doesn't really matter it's just time and how much money i got saved up and how expensive the tag is really you know i was gonna hit oklahoma this year but it just didn't, it wasn't in, in the card. So I might hit it next year, you know, or even I've been looking at Iowa too. I might try to pull a muzzleloader tag there next year. You know, I meant it really <laughs> doesn't really matter. <laughs> You're um, like, la- you know, so Lane and I talked in the first, the first sit that I had in Kansas was where he actually killed. And I'll tell you, I, I don't think I explained to you like how, what a debacle that was when I went oh, in that's there. A mess getting back in there, ain't it? Well, where I ended up, which is, I think where near where you sat, yeah. like it would have been way easier to just walk through that field and oh, yeah. cut in. But I didn't do that. I was like, Oh, I got the wind. I'm going to keep the wind in my favor, you know? And I mm-hmm. walked right down through all that stuff. And then there was like what on the map, or like e-scouting or whatever kind of looks yeah. like a little ditch, but it's not a ditch by any stretch of the, <laughs> the, the, the imagination. It's got like a pond at the end. So I crossed yeah. this, what I thought was the creek, and I got over to this other side and I was like, I, I need a kayak to get across here. So then I had to go all the way back out and it was, it was a debacle. And then the farmer yeah. came into the field and all this stuff, <laughs> man, this is a mess. And you, like you went in there, and killed yeah. on the first day, first sit, first everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I ended up killing the next morning. And I, I 
talked about it a little bit and I've, I've definitely talked about it with like a lot of my friends and like on the Patreon and all that stuff about like how I felt like I don't, it, and it feels just so weird because the, the, out, the ultimate outcome was exactly what I would have hoped for. But mm-hmm. I like what you said about that adventure or like the, the, the struggle. Like, I feel like if you're not a good deer hunter, it's not supposed to be easy. Like it's, you're supposed to like hate your life for like a while <laughs> until like finally you get into a deer or something like that. And it was just yeah. strange. So like for you, when you went in, like, was that the first time that you ha- had hunted Kansas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. First and, time I hunted Kansas. And so like when you killed your deer in Kansas on the first morning within like I don't know, an hour of the sun coming up, right? <laughs> After a 20 hour drive, probably like a 30 hour drive for you. No, um, it was like 20. I think it's like 18, I believe. No. Oh yeah. Okay. So it was like, yeah. it was like 12 for me. Yeah. But like, how did you feel where you're like, was it? Cause I f- feel like some guys go out of state, right? Like I got yeah. a buddy from the Marines who like he spent, he, he usually has like three or four weeks off. And he'll hunt Kansas, Oklahoma. This year he was in Iowa. And he's sending me pictures of these, like, what I would consider giants mm-hmm. walking around. And he's like, yeah, the big ones aren't on their feet yet. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I, would, I would die, you know? Yeah. And then, like, the other side of it is you go there. I've got these other guys who, like, will go hunt. They'll have like that 10 days off and then they'll have like your turkey tour type plan where they're like, all right, well, I'm going to kill in Kansas and I'm going to hunt my way back to Ohio and then maybe Illinois and then, you know, however. So, yeah. so for you with your very, we'll call it like, <laughs> like loose, adventurous way of hunting, right? Like lifestyle, whatever. Uh, yeah. Like how did you feel like killing the the first day? Cause you're probably like one of the only people that I can like have this conversation with of like, you like it to be difficult, but you like killing stuff and you like a successful uh-huh. hunt. Right. Yeah. It is weird, man. I meant like, I, like, I don't know. It's like, I can't even explain it, but there's a lot of pressure on me. Like I just put a lot of personal pressure on myself to like, all right, I have to punch a tag. I got this tag, you know, the entire drive out. I'm thinking like, all right, dude, I hope I'm going to kill a deer. You know, I hope I'm going to get an opportunity. And then like I got in there and yeah, within like the first hour, all of a sudden this buck comes in. I was like, at first I wasn't going to shoot him. And then I was like, ah, you know what? I'm here to like, I'm, like he's a, he's a decent buck, man. Like and he was no giant by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, I was like, ah. I drew back on him. I was holding, holding, holding. I mean, I don't even know how long I held on for him. The GoPro froze, but I mean, it was a good little bit. And then finally I was like, you know what this this buck's gonna make me happy so i smashed him you know i mean yeah after i shot him i was like yeah man it felt good and then you know it kind of was like dang dude i didn't really get to experience kansas that much you know but i did i did film afterwards like my buddy was still out there so i filmed him for a couple days and i rolled back to ohio you know hunted so i mean yeah it's just i don't really know how to explain it man like i just (laughs) i'm pretty loose so like yeah i don't really know like i i don't really know how like what goes through my mind but like you know if i like I said, I'm an opportunity. It probably makes no sense what I'm saying whatsoever, but I just don't even know how to describe it. Like I just, I have so much pressure built up in myself to fill a tag. And then once I do, it's like, all right, I'm just relieved. And then it's kind of like, oh man, I didn't really get to fully, fully enjoy it. You know what I mean? But it also was super fun. Anyway, it was a whole, it was a whole adventure, you know? So it's just like how you look at it. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, and it makes total sense to me because we 
say that all the time. And I, I, I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday and they must have said that like a dozen times, like, you know, you're opportunist. You just got to get, oh, it was my buddy, uh, Bernie. And he's like, you're opportunist, you know, you just got to take what, you know, if it gets you pumped up, like in the moment, but yep. like, I've, ha- I've had this conversation with another one of my friends and, and he's one of these guys who, who killed two bucks in Michigan every year, like super early. And he's mm-hmm. like, as soon as I do that, I'm like, why did I do that? Because it's over. Like, you know, you, you can go and hunt other states or you can hunt does or whatever, but it's like, I feel like, un- and, and, and like, if you're by yourself, Mm-hmm. or even by yourself for like a little bit. And it seems like most of your hunts are like solo type hunts. Like, oh, yeah. I so enjoy like the group men like hunt, like sharing it with somebody, like being able to like have that camaraderie. And then when you kill by yourself and you're just like, who am I going to high five? Like, well, nothing, <laughs> know, nothing, you know, it's like, so you either got to yeah. like share it to social media or like, you know, you call your couple buddies, but then it's just like, now it's done. Now the work begins and I'm by myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just, I don't know. Like, how do you deal with that? Or do you not have that same thing? Or is it just like a really solo thing? Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest with you, deer hunts kind of been solo for me. I mean, I got one real good buddy, like Alex, at like every single kill, dude. I'll, that'll be the first person I call, man. I'll, you know, I'll, like when I killed that Delaware buck, dude, I blew up his phone. It was like seven o'clock in the morning, seven fifty, and I, he was still asleep. I probably called him like six times, and then I was like, "Dang, man, I can't get a hold of him." So I got down, you know, finally got a hold of him. But yeah, I'd like hunt with hunt with buddies is like I'd rather hunt with Alex, you know. But you know, he's got a a fan like he is a kid and like he has a wife so like his time is way more constricted than what mine is so like i've honestly never found another dude who's kind of like me so like really i'm by myself on all these trips you know but yeah i mean if i could get in if i could get like another buddy who were like say i had a brother who was really into it too man that'd be awesome where i could just like hunt with him film with him just share all the experience with him it like definitely takes a little bit out of it when it when it's by yourself but i mean it is what it is i mean i still remember it i still enjoy it you know but oh yeah 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 i'm not i'm not like discounting it like saying like uh it'd be way better it's just, it's like saying oh yeah it'd be better if it was yeah, there's 20 more inches on that buck like another year like whatever yeah but at the same time it's like i don't know i, I feel like it takes like a certain type of person to be like the like the, the, just the straight solo hunter and yeah you know i've listened to different podcasts on it like some of them like uh one of them was like Aaron Snyder talking about like doing like a seven or 10 day, like solo backcountry hunt where you got no service. You got nothing. You just got your mind to deal with. And like, and then the same, it, 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 there's a whole nother side of that. Cause like Alex chop, you know, from uh latitude, like we've talked about it yeah. a bunch. Like he used to go and do like lots of solo trips. So when I was telling him, like I was going to Kansas and it was like, just me, like I was meeting some people out there to, that I stayed with, but Mm-hmm. Like as far as like picking hunting properties and all that stuff, it was just me. And he's like, you know, that's cool. Like you get to reset and like, kind of like nobody in your mind, you just get to like, you got to make all your own decisions and stuff like that. Yep. And, um, It just seems like, I don't know, like for, for me, it was really interesting. Cause I, I, I guess I always have this like inferiority complex when it comes to hunting. Like, obviously like I'm like the world's worst bow hunter. Right. So when you get out there and like every time I see a deer, every time like 
I put myself in the right spot. And especially when it's not where somebody was like, oh, go here, go do this or whatever. It's like, okay, like maybe, maybe I do gotta, maybe I do know a little bit of something. Um, (laughs) but like the, the, I, I would imagine like the lows can be pretty low. Like, so have you been on like one of these trips by yourself where you've like been far away, like, like a Kansas or even like for you, well, yeah, I guess Ohio is pretty far away. Like yeah. where you've missed or something or like screwed something up by yourself. And like, now you just like got to deal with it. <laughs> like how do, how oh, do yeah. you, uh, what goes through your mind? Like in that scenario? Well, like there was a, I believe it was not this past fall, but the fall before dude, Ohio kicked my butt. Actually, no, it was, it was the year before that. My bad. I I mean, I kid you not, I was probably out there from like October 25th until it had to have been like the 13th before I finally killed. And I mean, I was not seeing anything. Like, I mean, yeah, I seen some, like I had some deer, but it was just nothing that I wanted to shoot, you know, just like straight up, just like dinks, like spikes, you know, four points, does, you know, or no even bucks at all. And then I believe the fourth I hit, I had a good buck. He raked, he raked a tree right in front of me, man. It was wicked. I grunted him in. I mean, he came. I got it all on video. He came in. I mean, he was all bristled up, dude. He was ready to kick my ass, you know? And he freaking comes right in front of the tree, and I shoulder shot the crap out of him. And I mean, I got no penetration. He ran off. I got down. And like, I, Dude, I felt so sick. I mean, I was, like, just so depressed. I, I mean, it gets depressing sometimes, you know? But you just got to have mental toughness, you know? That's the biggest thing. Like, I'm... I feel like my mental game's all right. Like I'm, I'm all right in my head, you know what I mean? So I can kind of persevere through it, but you just got to be mentally tough, you know? Well, like, that's like saying like, it's situational, right? Like, yeah, like it how, is. How, how do you, how do you, what would you say to guys who would like find themselves? Like, how did you like power through it or whatever? Like, just freaking keep grinding, man. I mean, I don't know, you know, like uh, there's really nothing you can talk to. I mean, yeah, you got some buddies you can talk to at the end of the night, but like they don't, they're not out there with you. You know, they don't feel your actual pain. They, you know, like they can be sitting on their couch at home drinking a smoothie and being like, oh man, that sucks, you know, but like, dude, they're not out there. They're not putting in all your like effort and all your heart into this like you are, you know, and like, dude, it gets depressing, man. I mean, they get like, I've been, there's been some low, low times in my life doing like, like that, like that was, that I was so low, you know? And then you, you just go out, always think like, all right, there's going to be something, there's going to be something, there's going to be something like, it's going to pay off, you know, all this time I'm putting in all this effort, it's going to pay off. And, you know, odds are it does you know, like that, that trip it did. I think I killed like the 13th or maybe it was the 14th, but dude, it was a crap. I mean, that that's like, a <laughs> that's like for most guys would be like multiple trips. Right. So mm-hmm. Like you might go down from like the 25th to like the third or something like that, you know, a week there. And then like, if yeah. you hit that one on the fourth or the third, and then you killed on the 14th. I mean, that's a whole nother 10 day trip, you know, for, oh, yeah. for most guys. So like, that's, that's pretty wild. Um, I guess I can, I mean, one of the things that I always tell guys like as i'm drinking my smoothie sitting on the couch right (laughs) is is like one thing that we forget is that like it can all change like the whole thing can be can change in 30 seconds i mean oh yeah that the deer i killed in kansas like it wasn't like that sort of a i don't low or anything like that but 
Mm-hmm. It was like from the time I turned on the Tacticam on my bow till I shut it off after the deer ran off with the arrow in him was six minutes. Dang. So like <laughs> that's, I mean, from the time I hit the grunt call to when I shot the first arrow was like just over a minute. So yeah. it, 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 everything can change in a, in a millisecond, 30 seconds. you know? Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's what they say in elk hunting, you know, that's what they say. And I, I, I think, I think that too, like, have you hunted out West, like for elk or oh, yeah. anything like that? Yeah, I spent the whole, I think I spent the whole month of last September chasing elk out there. Yeah. And you want to talk about like getting your nuts kicked in, like, oh, yeah. you know, whether it's like other guys or pressure or, you know, everything, <laughs> weather or you know, you know, not seeing anything, not hearing anything, but you're still, you know, traversing all this stuff. You're hot, you're cold, you're freaking miserable, you're dirty. Um, you know, that's that toughness where you're like, all right, it only took, you know, 30, 30 seconds, everything can change, you know, yes, sir. that one bugle or whatever. And I think that's what kind of sucks about deer hunting is that like, they don't answer back. Right. Like, <laughs> I remember like the first time we went elk hunting, when we came back home, I was like, if, if deer would just answer you, like when you called, if they just called back like turkeys or like elk, it would be like the best thing ever. Oh yeah. But it's know. so wild too. How like elk, like there's like a different elk speed. You know what I mean? Like elk is like, I remember like when I got back home, dude, first couple white tails, man, I moved way, way too fast for him, dude. Just boogering them all up, you know? And I'm just so like, I was just so you, I was just in the elk mindset, you know, we're like, all right, I can, I can move a little bit, you know, like it's, it's weird. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what ended up happening. Like we, our first elk that we encountered out there, like the wind switch, but like, I mean, I was like, like John's in the back, putting up, popping up the decoy, you know, and calling and shit. And like the spikes just sitting there, like looking at us. And I'm like, literally like, I got a tree between us and I'm just like walking directly at him. And he didn't even care. You know, he was more concerned. But then as soon as that little wind hit our, the back of our necks, it was like gone. And then the other one, I mean, I was like literally running, breaking through stuff, like everything. And those, those elk are just over there, like doing their elk stuff. Like they didn't really care. Yeah. And it just way different. But so many people told us like right off of the jump, like you got to remember these aren't whitetails. Like you can make noise, you could move, you can, you know, to a certain point, like, you know, probably at bow distances, you know, yeah. 20 yards probably got to be a little <laughs> more cautious, but like closing the distance. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I just feel like, you know, that that's one of the things that people struggle with. And I would say that I struggle with it too, is like, uh, like when you're not seeing deer and especially like where you should be seeing deer. Like, I feel like at this time of the season for us right now, I don't know what it's like by you, but like, it's the lowest of low, like they, they talk about oh, like yeah. the October low, but it's like, now if you don't have food, like you mm-hmm. don't have deer and you can barely get in a tree cause there's no cover at all. So like you, yep. everything has to be like so precise and it gets so dark so quick. Um, what's one of the things like for you and what I was going to say about that is like not getting on deer. So like going out mm-hmm. and getting skunked and all this stuff. So you said you've only been skunked like once or twice this year, whatever. Yeah. More than once or twice, probably like 
four or five times, but what's like the, not seeing any deer at yeah. all, you know? But like, so what are you doing to see deer? And that's what I, I, I guess I was kind of thinking that you were going to say, like when, you know, you're out of state is like, are you moving around to find deer? Or are you like, you know, so there's guys like Ryan Glitzky would be like, well, I know this is a good spot. So I'm just going to keep, you know, the Bobby Worthington method. They're just going to sit in the same spot. I know it's yeah. good. As long as I haven't messed it up and I'm using the same entrance and access, like it's going to be, there's going to be a deer here mm-hmm. or there's guys that are just like, get up the tree. You're up there for, you know, 45 minutes. And you're like, Nope, this ain't the spot. Get down, move over here, go find deer. Like what, what, what are you doing to like get on deer? I'd say that's, that's kind of my game plan. It's like, just keep moving, man. I'm, I'm pretty mobile. Like I, I can't really sit in the same spot a lot of times. Like, you know, I, I very seldomly hunt the same tree. Uh, like Indiana was nice because, you know, Mark was already, Mark lives out there. So he pretty much sent me the pen to where to go like the first day to try. And I went there and I seen deer right off the bat. So, you know, pretty much stayed there all day. It, I mean, it was hard, man. I was like pulling my hair out, you know, but then the rest of the time we'd move around, you know, just scout, speed scout, you know, where you find fresh sign, go in, you know, and see what happens. You know, that's a lot of times on the out-of-state trips, that's what I do. Like, even Delaware, man, I like, I spent a lot of time scouting it, but then towards, like, the end of bow season, like, I was just like, all right, let's just go scout some new pieces, man. So, I just walked around, you know, found stuff, bumped out some deer, went back in there, got on deer. That's pretty much the same thing in Maryland. Like, I remember Maryland, I took a day off. I think it was, like, Saturday or summer. Maybe it was a Friday, and it was, like, during the season. And I just went down and I just started walking, man. And I came up on this point. I bumped out probably three or four bucks, one decent one, like four or five does. This was like early September. And dude, I slipped right back in there. And I mean, I got on deer right away, you know? Now, I feel like for me, that's like a, and I, I hear guys talk about it. And I hear guys like even in like our Patreon group, my buddies will talk about it. Like the quote unquote, like in season scouting, but mm-hmm. like, I guess I'm always like, I don't want to like screw up somebody else's hunt, you know, just wandering around in the woods. You know what I mean? Like, like the midday scouting and all that stuff. Like, I don't have a problem doing that. I really don't have a problem going in like at gray light where you can see the trucks and you kind of know like what's going on. But like that whole, like just scout my way in and maybe I don't ever stop, you know, or just do like, like, I guess like the hunting public do, you know, like where you just scout, scout, scout until like the end of the day just keep walking, just keep walking. And I know how valuable that is, but I guess I'm just always thinking like, I'm going to run into somebody and like booger them up or like, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, you know, like, yeah, it sucks. You know, (laughs) like I've definitely ran into people, but you know, you just try to be respectful and just, if you do see someone move along, you know, it's not like you're going in there and clapping and shouting and, you know, playing music on your phone, you know, it's just like, you're just kind of walking through the woods and realistically like, yeah, deer might come and they might hit your ground scent and might screw them up for a day or two, but I really don't think it's going to booger them up. Totally. Totally. You know, like, yeah. So when you're going through, I, I guess if you were to say like, on like an overall, like big picture type thing, if you could mm-hmm. only hunt like, one style of terrain or like, like what would be like your spot? Like what, what is it that you like gravitate towards or like what, what makes the most sense to you when you look at a topo, when you start going in and looking at the the ground? 
Yeah, uh, hill country, man. I love like mountains and like just anything with topography, anything with point, you know. I mean, even if it's like a huge ridge system, you know, big drainage, you know, where it kind of dumps into water is another good feature. You know, you find an oxbow or you find a creek running down through there, like targeting that too, like anything like that, really, you know. So this came up in like our group discussion. So I'll ask you, same. Yeah. So you're in these creek bottoms or river bottoms it's usually like high on sides dumps down right yep so how are these deer bedding on these oxbows with the wind because generally speaking you would think that they would bed with the wind coming over their back looking out where they can see like into the oxbow so Mm -hmm. they'd be theoretically have a wind coming across the water they're back up against the waters, you know, and then looking out into the oxbow. But then when they would exit that, they would exit it with the wind at their back. So it's not exactly the same as like what you would think or whatever. So how are you, how, is that how you're reading that when you're going to go in and hunt something like that? Or like, how are you hunting those oxbows? Yeah. Like I meant, it's kind of hard to like explain just cause I don't, don't want to really give away a lot of information and spots, but like, I've also found that deer like to bed with the wind in their face or like just hitting them off to the side. Like that spot I was telling you about, it's pretty much a big point and there's oxbow, like it's pretty much the point is the oxbow, you know what I mean? And when I came up over it, it was like a Southeast wind, I believe. And dude, like I was really not expecting these deer to be bedded right there, but man, there was all kinds of beds right in there. It's for me, I, I believe that like deer it's way more visual for deer. Like I, it's all like as long as they can see pretty good the wind stuff doesn't really matter I, that at least that's kind of my opinion like they were overlooking just a huge walking trail they could see anyone walking on that walking trail anyone coming up the mountain they were going to run out you know but the wind was hitting them pretty much in their face you know it was weird it, it was it, it was kind of weird but i came up on the back side of them and i meant yeah, they didn't even smell me or nothing, you know? And then I got probably 50, 60 yards away from them. And I mean, I think I broke a stick, a stick or something. Boom, they jumped up, you know? It, it It's weird, man. I feel like every deer, every buck beds kind of differently. Like, I, you know, I've, I've seen deer bed with the wind over the top. I've seen them bed right on the points, watching the pretty much the oxbow. You know, it, it really just, it's all situational, man. Like, it's just, yeah, you just got to pretty much go in and try to find sign and, you know? see where they're bedding at, see where like freshest beds are, you know? So let's say you were going in blind and you mm-hmm. were like, okay, uh, this, this afternoon, cause this is what happened to me the, the last week, like this past weekend. Yeah. Wanted to check out a new spot. There's a bunch of oxbows. Know there's good deer in the area and know that there's pretty high density of deer. Yeah. Um, so go in there on these oxbows wind coming from the west so we went in from the east walk in thinking that those deer are going to be bedded in those oxbows Mm -hmm. you know and exit you know i guess with the wind at their back until they get out and then they'll use the wind however they they need to and almost like identically to what you said like when i got down in there i walked down in there so i dropped down over the side and i'm picking my way through and then i've got deer down in there feeding into the oxbow with the wind Mm -hmm. in their face, you know? And I'm like, well, that's cool because the deer are there and they're feeding. And so they're, I know they're down here, 
but that I would have expected him to be further back looking out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's like, we had this big discussion in our group, like trying to figure out like, what does everybody see? Like, how do they use it? And my buddy that hunts rivers all the time, he's, he d- he's of the same way that we were trying to go in there, like go in with the wind in your face and expect them to exit out until they get on the plane and then they can use it however they want to. But just like, but it was just like strictly, this is the way the wind's going to be. This is where the oxbows are. So for you, when you're looking at it on a map, like mm-hmm. what, how are you taking all that into consideration? Like if you were just going to go in there for an evening hunt, like you show up at two o'clock and you're like, well, I'm just going to f- go find sign until I, but you, but the thing is about an oxbow, like we like public land because we can, we can just keep going and keep going. But like with oxbow, like you can't go all the way to the back assuming that the deer are in there because you know, there's only so much room, right? You're limited in, in acreage, right? Yeah. So for you, your, your thoughts, like how do you approach that sort of thing? I pretty much do the same thing. Like leeward side and just like be expecting them to kind of be doing the same exact thing you're talking about, you know, and just, yeah that's that's kind of how i would that's how i would approach it you know that's how i kind of do it on the map too but sometimes it doesn't pan out sometimes it does you know yeah that's one thing that we always forget to like talk about like especially when we say like oh i could have killed him i let him walk you know blah 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 like the deer get a say too and the deer like my friend joe he always says like if the deer always walked with the wind in their face they'd have to walk around like the whole earth <laughs> to get yeah. back to the same spot. Like they, yeah. they give up the wind. They, you know, if they can see, if yep. they can move fast, if they've got cover, like they're going to, yeah. they're going to do what, what they need to do to survive. Right. So. Yep. hundred percent. And yeah, it's like, uh, also I get on a lot of deer too, with like even marginal winds, you know, just having the wind kind of slightly in their favor. And a lot of times that, that benefits you know me like I, I mean it doesn't really benefit me but like i'll see a lot more deer and have a lot more chances like that so yeah i guess like what is your take on like the wind like i don't think you're like a super scent control guy and no you heck know no dude my stuff's laying in my truck right now dude i'm about to go put it on and try to go kill one with a stick boat tomorrow like i I don't, I don't use any scent control or whatsoever. Like, I mean, I'll put on my old spice in the morning. I'll take shower. You know, I just, I don't want to use any soap, but I mean, I'll just, you know, douse myself with some water, wake myself up and roll, man. But yeah, like that's my take on the wind. I mean, try to have it in your favor, but if it's marginal, if it's in the deer saver, that's not, that's not a bad thing at all either. And it's the strangest thing. Cause some, somebody asked me, they were talking about getting blown at and I'm like, I can, and this isn't like. Again, this is me saying I'm the worst bowler in the world, right? But I can't tell you the last time that I've got blown at by deer. Like, no kidding. Like, it's been like early last season or something. And like, no, really? Oh yeah. And huh. I, I, I don't know if like I'm always trying to set. I mean, I'm always thinking about the wind, but there's always mm-hmm. deer that come in like from the wrong way. Like that buck I was telling you about. That like came in he was like 10 yards behind me and the wind was blowing right at him like i walked in with the wind in my face and he just walked i mean he fed right behind me at like eight yards and then wandered off and i had like 
dopey on my boots and stuff but i mean i had dropped like candy wrappers like out of the stand like that i had to pick up like at the end of the night like i went i pulled like something out of my pocket and like a candy wrapper fell on the ground like like, he was close enough that he could have smelled any part of me you know and he was like yeah and it's just just crazy because people were asking about like my scent control regimen and i'm like i haven't washed my clothes like once this year and if mm-hmm. I have, it's because I wore them in the house and my wife washed them with the regular clothes. So it's not yeah. like they were, you know, segregated or anything. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, that's like, I don't like all I do. If I kill one, I get blood on it and I'll take it and wash it. You know what I mean? But you got to think there's so much other stuff too, that you're not like, no one's watching, especially if you're filming hunts, you know, you got your camera, you got that microphone thing on top of it. No one's watching that. All your saddle stuff. I've never heard anyone watching their saddle stuff. Maybe they do, but you know, there's like, you're never going to be totally sent free, dude. <laughs> you know, you know it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get, I get blown out a lot, dude. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like there, I'm not every single sit, obviously, but like I get, I get blown out like a decent little bit, but a lot of times, like, blowing doesn't really affect my hunt, you know? Like, deer will blow at each other. At least they do, like, around me. Yeah, the, so this year I did hear one deer blow. Like, yeah. like me and my buddy Eric were hunting down on the river, same setup, you know? Wind in our face, yeah. like, and this is 300 yards out in front of us, like, you know, wind in our face, like, stiff wind. So it's not like there's, like, milkweed sucking 200 yards yeah. out there. And, and there was a deer blowing out there, and he's like... Are deer blowing at you? I'm like, no, that's, you know, half a mile yeah. away. Like, whatever. Like, not anywhere near me. Um, yeah. Just, just wild. Um, but like I said, I'm not, uh, I'm not covered up in deer either. So it's the ones that you don't see. You know, oh, they, yeah. they just don't blow and they just take off. You know, yep. um, it, it's funny that you mentioned like the filming stuff, right? Like, yeah. I have had so much fun. Like you got one this year too. Like that 360 camera is like the coolest thing. Oh, I know. And so for, I I personally think so, you know, when I first was like, Oh, I'm going to start filming my hunts and all this stuff. And like, I got like a little camera for my bow. And this is like before Tacticam or anything like that, that I just like zip tied on there. And then everybody's like, Oh, I'm going to get a GoPro and I'm going to do all this stuff. And you can do cool stuff with a GoPro. If you're like dedicated to it, Mm -hmm. but like that 360 camera is the coolest freaking thing. I think if somebody was gonna like be like, I want to start filming my hunts, I'm gonna get a GoPro and then I'm gonna do something else. I'd be like, just get a 360 camera, push the button, yeah, and let it go, and then yep. then go from there because it's. I feel like it's so versatile. Oh, I know. I don't even take. I don't. To be honest, with you, I hardly even take my GoPro in anymore. Like it's. I pretty much just take my 360 and then that main camera, you know, that's, that's pretty much where I'm running now. And it, I mean, like ease of use, like, like that video of my daughter, like I just clicked that camera on and held it in my hand and did all everything. And it got the shot out the window that I, you Mm -hmm. know, that I wasn't trying to do at all. I was basically (laughs) just trying to get like, the GoPro shot of like the reaction type stuff yeah. and like the frick, get the, the shot on camera, like 60 yards away, like yeah. totally insane. Like never yeah. should have worked out like that, you know, and you never have that, uh, that much light. Like you never, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like no, some yeah. of that stuff, you're limited to like 
you know, how much light it lets in. There, there's definitely um, downfalls to it. But I mean, if you were just going to start filming, if you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to try to do something. Like if you had your phone to do like yeah. interview type stuff and one of those. You'd be set. Oh, a hundred percent. You'd be so yeah. much further. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, thousands of dollars worth of cameras that I don't use or like that I've tried and then I'll buy this one and then I'll buy this one. And then like, Oh, that's going to make me better. Like that, that 360 camera, just because you bring it with you and you use it yeah. is like the easiest thing ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that 360 cam. I'm so glad I got it. So one of the things we talked about earlier and it, I don't think you got it on. I don't think you had the 360 camera on and I don't know if it was the, the buck in Delaware, or like the, maybe a doe that you shot or something, but you're like, that's going to be a terrible video. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that was that Sika hunt. Was it? <laughs> yeah, dude, I knew it was going to be terrible, but dude, I, I weren't like, that Sika stuff, man. I, that was my first time down at the marsh. So I was like, man, I, I just slipped in there. I was like, I hope I can kill one. And of course I was driving down to Maryland and I like turned on my thing and it went from like full charge to just nothing. So I guess I, I guess I left out. And I don't know what happened. I guess it's like, I guess it just died. I, I maybe it was low battery the whole time. I just didn't see it. So I didn't even bring it in, but I knew it was going to be terrible footage. Like it, that dude, it, it looks like it's so open in there, but it wasn't like, I, I heard some splashing and then all of a sudden I seen, I seen something behind me. And at first I was like, is that a dang coon? I was like, what is that? Thing? And all of a sudden I was like, Oh no, I seen the ears flicker. And I was like, Oh, that's a secret deer, man. And it came like 30 yards behind me and it, his head popped out. And like the camera's kind of like off to my left just a little bit. So like I could only see her head. The camera picked up the entire thing. And then she like turned and wheeled out of there. And I only saw like bits and pieces of her, you know. And like I was like, dang, dude, I can't believe she got away from me. Like it sucks. And then all of a sudden I just seen like out in front of me, like 50 yards, I seen like a little piece of frag move. And I was like, oh, that's her. So I put that scope right on her, turned the camera, like kind of realistically where I thought she kind of was and squeezed one off, man. But yeah, I knew it was going to be terrible footage, but. Hey, it is what it is, man. Like at the end of the day, I'm trying to fill tags. You know, it's like I'm trying to get them on film too. But if I don't get them on film, man, it's not the end of the world. It's not like I'm just, you know. Yeah, but that's not like my point wasn't like Lane does bad photography. Um, <laughs> it was more. <laughs> I get you. It was more of like because I was trying to because I know you got the 360 camera, so I was trying to figure out like what what was going on because like normally. Yeah. It, and you know, like that buck in Kansas, your GoPro failed on you. And yeah. so you just, you, you get what you get and, and you know, yep. you, you roll with it, but it was just, it was interesting. Cause like, I know you got the camera and you're like excited, yeah. like you've been using it like really well. And oh, yeah. uh, for that Sika hunt though, like for people who don't know anything about like Sika hunting, like yeah, what's the, cause they, they, they're, not very big, right? Mm -mm. And like, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you, but it would seem like a 40 inch Sika would be like a monster, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, what what is the deal with like Sika? Because you say they're like the best eating, yeah, type stuff, but like, what kind of habitat? Because it's like they're always in water, like everything. It's just just wild. So for people who don't know anything about Sika hunting, like, yeah, what what's the deal? So like, I guess someone brought them over from Japan. I, I don't even know the real like the dates on them, but they're only in like two counties in Maryland, right? So it's straight just frag and just marsh. I mean, like, 
you're wearing waders the entire time when the marsh freezes over and like december january they'll come up and like be in the be in the woods and like the the mainland stuff you can kill them in but like early october and like september you know november they're all in just straight up fried grass where like the trees are just dead you know and there's holes man it's nasty it's brutal but it dude they're like the best eating deer i've ever had like they're better than elk they're better than moose they're better than anything so but it it's just the cool hunt like it's just like there's nothing like seeing the marsh like wake up and you know you see all kinds of different birds and like you'll hear them splashing you won't see them you'll see some frag moving you're like all right what what the heck's that you know and then they'll pop out and you're like holy crap they're little but they're just like cool looking they make some cool sounds they have like a little three-pitch bugle they moan they like it's honestly kind of like elk hunting they're almost like miniature elk is kind of how i would describe them so with with these uh sika like how much do they weigh like a big one versus like a little one or whatever. And what is the hind? Is that like a doe? Is it like fawn? Is it like, a, what is the, what is that? Yeah. So it's like, like, I'm not, I'm no expert. Like I've only killed like three in my whole life. So like, you know, don't, you know, don't think I'm no like seek a hunting expert, but I killed a, that's stag right up there. But yeah, uh, probably a big one's like, I don't know, hundred pounds, 120 pounds, maybe, you know, that's a probably a decent stag, you know, and then the hinds are what you would call does, you know, my, my, the seek I just killed, man, she was small, but like, it's hard to judge them, you know, especially when they come in single or like, it's almost like a little doe. Like when they come in by themselves, it's like, oh, I don't know if that's a small doe or a decent sized doe, but you know, like, yeah, the, the males are called stags and the females are called hinds and yeah, probably a, an average size hinds, like, I don't know, 60, 70 pounds, maybe, maybe 50 pounds. And so if they're just out here in the marsh or like in this frag, all this stuff, and you're going in in waders, it's all through water. Cause I mean, Mm -hmm. like the dudes from tethered and like Billy, um, yeah, you know, they've killed some big ones and they, oh yeah, they show all this stuff, but it's like, how are you like finding like, like finding these deer right because it's yeah i would imagine it's difficult to find trails in the water right uh to a certain extent i mean that like if you find like man you just gotta come you gotta come down and experience it sometime man you'd love it but it's like you just gotta pretty much pull up a map and you know see like little pockets of trees pretty much and you know try to get down them and just find fresh sign man i mean like you'll see tracks you'll see like sometimes they'll have like there'll be water and then also it'll kind of come up to a patch of trees and you know you'll see the seeker trails in there like that frag grass is so thick so like once you find a seeker trail it's kind of just put in you know and then it's only like and honestly kind of like i'd kind of describe it as like kind of like a little beaver trail like kind of thing it kind of looks like a little beaver trail but you can kind of see them you know and you just freaking <laughs> try to try it man they make like little wallows too so you find a little wallow that's always a good like little sit or like they make they rub on trees too so you can find some rubs like the other day i was sitting on like a pile of rubs and i'm in two or three trails coming right into this like little pocket of trees and I, that's where i sat the other day but yeah don't say su- just super intriguing like such a weird yeah. animal like weird hunt because it's like it's like you said it's like it seems like it's always just like in water Mm-hmm. And then there are these little tiny things. And like, I, the first, I think the first time I ever saw like anything about Sika hunting was like somewhere on the internet, like on a Facebook group, like somebody like shot one 
that was a stag that was like a spike, like, mm-hmm. you know, and they were like super proud of it. And this thing was probably like 70 pounds or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and people were like lighting them up because they're like, oh my God, my dog's bigger than that, blah, blah, blah. And then like the people who knew what it was and like, they're like, look up seek a deer and like, look up how big they get and what like they're like that's a respectable animal you know Mm -hmm. especially for public dude like every like everyone down there baits you know on their like little private leases and everything so like you know they all got cell cams and everything like dude i I got like i got none of that down there so you're pretty much just going in like you know you're sitting you're trying something you know you hear one bugle like the other day i heard one bugle he's probably 400 yards away from me dude as soon as i heard it dude boop, got down ran over as fast as i probably could you know over to him tried to set up in a tree like closer to him i almost died in a hole the other day dude a freaking i knew better but like i pulled it up on on x and he was bugling this other patch of trees and there was like a little dark spot and i was like oh i bet you that's some water right in there and sh- dude sure enough i was like got over there and i mean there's just straight like little muskrat huts and i was like i mean i was stinking a little bit you know and also next thing i know i took a step off this little grass thing and dude i went up to my chest in it like luckily i saved my camera and my my gun but pulled myself out luckily but dude th- there's holes down there that probably eat you you know yeah that's the worst i was i remember fishing on one of those things and it was like one of those floating bogs and like oh yeah i fell through to like the top of my waders and there was no bottom nope. and i was just like hang it was like the like tommy boy or black sheep or whatever i was like yeah stay strong little roots like i was like i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. die like, i'm gonna drown <laughs> right here you know yeah. oh yeah and same thing like with our um you know river bottoms and creek bottoms and stuff around here is like some of that stuff there, there's no bottom. Like my, we just literally just went and like checked out the spot. And my father-in-law is like, yeah, you don't want to go back there without somebody else. Cause he's like, some of that stuff doesn't have a bottom and you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll never come back. Um, yeah. it, you'd mentioned like saving your gun and all that. And you, 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 you are like the second or third person, uh, in the last couple of weeks that's told me that they've been really getting into like the muzzle or stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. I got another podcast coming up that we're going to talk a little bit about this too. But like, I think some of us, some of us, even like like John here, the podcast, like, and I was talking to Frank about it, like, yeah. are so prideful about like never picking up a gun or like we're not going to do this. You know, it's, it's we got to yeah. be, it's got to be hard. It's got to be bow and like we're the bow hunter chronicles right so like that's yeah. that's what we really love to do um but like you know some of our patreons are like freaking getting into that like we talked about like the struggle right and so they're yeah. trying to bow hunt through gun season and it's like at some point like if you're not getting close or you're not having fun or whatever i feel like we're you're only like punching yourself in the nuts by like making it more difficult like it's like a pride thing <laughs> like you know yeah. wh- why would you do that so what's been the draw to the to the muzzleloader like what what makes it more fun i don't know man like it, it might just be like the smoke too <laughs> i don't know like, it's just it's weird like so delaware the reason i got it was delaware is either you can either use slug straight wall or muzzleloader during their gun season right so or or bow but i was like yeah man like i like I mean, I was get I was seeing some decent bucks down there, and I was like, man, I really just like 
want to use my gun. So I took my slug down there the one day and I had like a decent buck out in front of me at like 80 yards. I meant, dude, it's like a single shot H and R. Like I meant, she's a piece of crap, man. You know, and I freaking pulled her up. I meant, like long one, man. The deer just stood there and looked at me and I was like, dude, this is stupid, man. Like this, like I pretty much got to be in bow range at least things and kill one with a slug with this slug gun. So I went home and I was like, man, I called a, like we got this little, outdoor store close to me so i was like well i'll just run over there and they had this one it was like 300 bucks you know and i was like dude screw it man it's gonna open up a lot more like they got a lot of like muzzleloader seasons here like maryland has an early muzzleloader season and a late muzzleloader season and i was like you know what? 300 bucks ain't bad at all so i bought it and then like i had no clue about it whatsoever like i knew you had to have like powder you know what i mean i knew you had to have like the 50 cal like little projectiles or whatever you call them you know but i just asked the dude and he kind of like walked me through them went over i think i had a thing like zeroed in at like 75 yards and like four or five shots and then the next day i went out and dude that buck came in i mean i probably could have killed my bow in delaware and like dude i I remember like he came in i squeezed it and my dude like it was just all powder and like there's like four or five seconds where like what just happened and all of a sudden he just tore off you know he's holding his leg up and i was like oh dude i smashed him you know and it i don't know man it's just something about it. it's just like it's fun it's fun it's kind of like bow hunting too it, like it's not like obviously it's you know you can shoot way further with those things but like it's like you got one shot pretty much you know like you gotta make it count but i, I don't know it's, it's different than hunting with like a bolt action rifle where you can just freaking you know it's just it's different, man, but I, I actually kind of enjoy it now. Like, that was, I killed that buck and then I killed that seeker high with my mother litter. And, dude, honestly, I can't wait. They're about to start another season here in Delaware or in Maryland. The 16th, it opens up. There's another muzzleloader season. I can kill another buck. So I'm probably going to try to kill one with my muzzleloader in it, too. <laughs> yeah. So but, I have, I've killed <laughs> one and a half deer with a muzzleloader. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shot. How does that what figure? <laughs> uh so the the first uh, I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, but like I, I was up rifle hunting um with my well, up on our property in the UP with my family yeah. um years ago and uh I was like somewhat kind of like the same mentality as I have like now. Like just arrogant, like like, I was like, oh, I don't want to, I've killed enough deer with a gun. Like, it's not any fun. Like, I've never killed them with a muzzleloader. So I'm just going to use, I had my muzzleloader and my pistol. And I was yeah. like, if they get like this close, I'm shooting with the pistol. If they're too far away, I'm yeah. shooting with muzzleloader. Well, my, most of my family left and they're like, and it was one of these really weird years where it was like super rainy and like foggy. Like it was, yeah. we got snow and then it melted. So it was like kind of humid. So yeah. before they left, I shot my muzzleloader to make sure it worked and ran a brush through it, you know, yeah. and then loaded it back up, go out hunting. And it's like the next day and this doe comes in and she was in muzzle at her range. You know, she's probably like 50 yards away. Yeah. And I, I have like, like your H and R shotgun, right? Yeah. I have H and R muzzler. So same thing, except for where the um, shell goes in, there's a breech plug and then it takes two yeah, yeah. primers. So, I'm up there, I'm sighted in and I shoot and just a cap goes off. <laughs> and so now, you know, like that's the whole hang fire thing. So I'm just kind of holding it on the deer. And obviously the deer like 
heard the whole thing. And so I'm like still in it. And then I bring my, I started to come like up out of the scope and the gun goes off. And so it, it shot the deer like right in the like elbow. So the deer like goes up like a horse and like the leg is just flopping around. And so I've got my pistol next to me. And I'm like trying to reach for my pistol and the deer's kind of standing there flopping around. And I'm like trying to see if I need to load the muzzleloader. Like it was a mess. So <laughs> deer runs off. It was, it, this is at night. And so yeah. I ended up going in, tracking the deer, like in the dark, finding it alive. And then I ended up shooting it in the back of the head with a pistol. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it, wild. it was in the dark, like yeah. just, just wild. And, uh, the bullet like went like right in the base of the, spine like right at the base of the head and it never exited it just like stayed right in there but like there was no blood there was no anything so i'm like did i do we scare this deer to death like what what happened wasted zero ounces of meat like it was (laughs) it was wild but that's how you get a half a deer (laughs) kill yeah i get that now but that's funny like i we grew up like like even like before i could hunt like going on muzzleloader drives so like oh, all yeah. the guys would be, and it was, that was back in the day, like before inline muzzleloader. So like everybody's got like, like the guy, the guy that we would go hunt with had like a purse from a garage sale. It was like a leather purse, like, like a possibles bag, like Davy Crockett, you know, it's got all the yeah. powder charges and the, the patches and all that. That was, yeah, this was like, cool. even like almost like before like the sabots and any of that stuff, like where oh, it was like yeah. patch and ball and like yeah. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, flint so, locks. yeah, well, they were the, we didn't have any flint locks. I don't think many people had run those, but they had, they were like the ones with the side where you put like the old I percussion cap on the side. Oh, okay. Okay. I got yep, you. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So that's cool though. Yeah. But you know, like people have been getting more and more kind of like into it. And, you know, I go, I go back and forth. Like, like I love bow hunting and I, I really, oh, yeah. Like that's, that's like, you know, what we do and what I, that's the time of year that I love it. And I think, I think probably more so that's the, the part that I love the most about bow hunting. Cause I, you know, you go back and forth if you let it be like about killing more things, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be like, well, I'm just going to take the, I'm going to start rifle hunting or I'm going to go do this or, uh, you know, I could have killed so many more deer with a rifle, but that may be like 5% true because there's so many more people. There's so many yahoos out in like in bow season, you could be 200 yards, 150 yards away from a guy, another guy. And it really doesn't matter that much. If you've got the wind, you mm-hmm. know, and the you know where the deer are coming from. And I think that's what I, what I like about it. I think some of us are like kidding ourselves if we're like, oh, I will just, I'd kill so many more deer. But one thing that's intriguing to me would be like the tracking with the snow, you know, that, that oh, I yeah, think would be, be fun. something that I, I would maybe pick, pick the old muzzleloader back up for, but uh, yeah, hundred percent, man. But that's, that's exactly how I am too. Like I'd much rather bow hunt. You got, I got, dude, I've killed so many more deer with my bow than I have any type of gun whatsoever. Like I could probably count deer that I've killed on my, with my rifle, my foot or my muzzleloader here on like my one hand, dude, you know, like I have not killed that many with my rifle. It's just, yeah. Like you said, man, it's a lot, 
I get a lot less opportunities to be honest with you. Once you know the orange army comes in, yeah, I, I've killed, I've killed three bucks. I think with uh, with the rifle, I've killed countless amounts of does, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've ever killed a. a it's, this is this is a weird like stat. <laughs> is I've killed probably 30 does with a rifle mm-hmm. and I've never killed a deer on public with a rifle. They've all been really? like on our property or on somebody else's like permission property, like some of our friends' properties. Yeah. And I've killed three bucks with a rifle and that's yeah. it. I killed one with a muzzleloader <laughs> and two with a rifle and that's it. Huh, that's wild. Dude, honestly, I don't even think, I don't think I've killed, I don't think I've ever killed a buck with a high-powered rifle. I think it's just been like a couple of does, and then like that muzzleloader was like, I think I killed one buck with a, a slug gun one time. And then that 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 was my first buck with the muzzleloader. Yeah. Kind of wild, man. And like, dude, I can't even tell you how many bucks I've killed with my bow. Like well over 20, 25, maybe probably 30. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Why do you think that is? Like, if you were, is it just strictly like that's where you were hunting? So you didn't hunt that much on, on private or what was, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I I remember, like, I never had anyone like, like growing up, man, no one, no one like in my family hunts. So like, I pretty much was like just self-taught and my buddy, like Alex kind of like got me into it too. But I remember like the first year. I like kind of got into hunting. Like I was like, oh, rifle hunting is just awesome, man. Rifle hunting's awesome, you know. And then I think I killed one doe with it in PA. And then after that, my brother brought me like a crappy bow for Christmas. You know, one of them like bare like Walmart bows. And I was like, dude, you know what? I'm gonna take this back and actually get like a real bow. You know, so I took it back and I shot a, a buck with it the following year. Dude, I just got hooked. And I mean, like you said, man, like that's the best time of the year when there's like no pressure whatsoever. And the deer like have no idea what's going on. I mean, I see way, I can, I see way more deer in archery season. I do rifle season hands down, hands down. But it's just so weird because like all those does that I killed, like on our, it's like on our property. Yeah. Like in one buck, like, well, I guess two bucks. One was very, very, very small spike. Um, but in like 30 years, like just, we just shoot does like, and we let all the little four corns walk. And then the big bucks were just too smart for, they were like, Oh, well, we know, we know where you're at. So, (laughs) but like that, like reflecting on it, like right now, it's like, that's really, really strange. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's weird thinking about it, you know? Oh, so for you with a, with a muzzleloader, you had said uh, earlier that you're like thinking about going to some other States and, and all mm-hmm. that, you know, there's, there's other States that like these guys from the, the group, they're saying, well, they don't even allow you to hunt like with a bow during muzzleloader or with a bow during rifle. Like, so can you, have you run into that? So like in Michigan, you can hunt with your bow, like whenever you want to. Yeah, that's how, like, that's how it always is, like, around here, like, PA, 
I think Ohio's like that too. I mean, I know Maryland's like that. I know Delaware's like that. Like you can always hunt with a lesser weapon. I've never, to be honest with you, I never heard about that where you can't use a bow during the lure season. Or yeah, there's, you know, there's a few of them, so it's pretty pretty wild. I'll have to look into that. But yeah, I don't know. So what's how much season do you got left, and what do you what do you got still in store for us? Yeah, so uh, I can pretty much kill a buck. I, I got one more buck tag in Maryland, and then I got one more in Delaware. Uh, Delaware, I can kill it any time. And then Maryland, I can only kill it during this muzzleloader season, so it has to be from, like, the 16th, I believe, to, like, the 30th, I think it closes. So I'll probably be in Maryland a good little bit here, trying to get, trying to get like, the last one. And then Maryland closes, I believe, the 31st. And I'm not too sure when Delaware closes, to be honest with you. I got to look. And... That's pretty much it, man. I mean, like, man, I got two doe tags left in PA. So when late season comes in here, PA is so weird. Like, it opens up again. It's close. Like, you can't hunt a single deer right now in PA. Uh, it opens up again the 16th, or no, the, my bad, the 26th or the 27th of December, and then runs to like the 15th, I believe, or 16th of January. And then that's pretty much it for PA. And I don't know, I was talking to Parker McDonald from Southern Ground. I might I might try to go down and like hunt Alabama with him. And then Johnny Stewart also hit me up. He's like, do come come hunt uh like late muzzleloader here in Ohio too. So I might do that. We'll we'll see, man. You know, it just really depends on how much money I got at the time. But you'll Ohio make more. be cool, but what? So you'll make more. Yeah, I know. It's just hard, <laughs> dude. Like it's just hard. It's just hard. But yeah, it's weird, man. Like I had that, I had that fiance too, but dude, it freaking did not work out this year, man. So, I guess I don't know what I don't know what balance is or whatever that is. So that was like that, that was an ordeal. But yeah, man, I'm I don't know. So I ain't gonna stop hunting, that's for sure. All right, right. Well, all right, man. I hope uh, people start following along with you so we get to get some more uh, people on board because, like, I really enjoy it. And I, I mean, I love being able to just bounce questions off you and and get a hold of you um yeah so where are you most active uh where can people follow along with all the stuff that uh, you got going on uh probably you know all these hunts that we've talked about are on youtube so if you go on youtube and type in and the presence hunt you can watch all these hunts that i'm talking about and uh instagram probably you know go follow go follow the channel page in the presence hunt and uh or my personal page lane hausner so all right dude i appreciate it yeah, bud. Thanks for having me on, man. Always enjoy yeah. talking to you. Yeah.